Let's spread a song so you can sing along with a special guest star or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me is a special, very special guest because her counterpart was just on here. It's Emily Dick, everyone. Woo! The other co host of Gleek Please podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right off the bat, did you watch season six? quote unquote live like when it was released um I feel like I did but honestly I'm not sure oh I know I watched okay I started watching in like season four which made no sense wait wait yeah (laughs) you started in season four okay so I I didn't start watching Glee when it first aired because I was like I was too young I was like a whopping nine years old um yeah so yeah we're babies (laughs) um so I didn't watch it then um and I I watched like I think it was the Sadie Hawkins episode of season four and then I was like yeah this is my show so I started watching from season four makes no sense okay Um, yeah so I feel like I did watch season six live but truthfully I can't remember half my childhood so I cannot tell you (gasps) completely (laughs) and then you uh went back and re-watched the yeah. entire series yeah either I watched season four or I watched that one episode of season four and then went through all of it and caught up it's a pretty banger of an episode if you ask me yeah um there's a lot happening um but yeah <laughs> so do you actually now in context of like the whole series do you like season six I don't hate it. It is not my least favorite season. It's probably like uh, bottom two. Um, just be- oh, interesting. Yeah, just because there's not as much content, so you can't really like get as into it as you could if it was like a 22 episode arc. Yes, and you yeah. know um, the the theme of last episode with Lauren was that there wasn't enough time yeah time was an issue where like you know uh they introduce this new cast and we don't really have an emotional relationship with them Mm -hmm. how do you feel about the new people i love pretty much all of them except for spencer (laughs) oh wow uh yeah Yeah. i i see why he's a fuck boy (laughs) yeah i mean his whole personality is just being gay but like not caring about it and it just i don't know there's something about it he's just like so mean but also they didn't get a chance to like flesh flesh out the character yeah Yeah. i i talked a lot last episode and i'm sorry listeners if you're hearing me say repeat things but like this isn't the worst they had they had some great ideas that they didn't you know take a minute to like expand upon for instance um okay so i love uh jane the uh samantha wears character i wanted her to be like the rachel of this season Mm -hmm. where she got all the solos and everything because she has a great voice 
yeah. in my opinion. Do you, is there one this season that you thought had a better voice out of the new cast? I absolutely love Roderick. I feel like he's just like the male version of myself. Oh, yeah. interesting. When you sing, you have more of like a bluesy voice? Kind of. Because like I'm an alto, so I tend to sing very low anyway. Um, and then I don't know. And I grew up listening to like country music. So the Southern accent's kind of there sometimes. <laughs> so we're, we're somewhere in the middle here. But I don't know. I just love that man. It is, uh, do you sing Mustang Sally as well? <laughs> I sang it this morning, actually. <laughs> yes! Because <laughs> oh, I was listening to my Glee playlist in preparation for this. Of course, as we do. Yeah. And it came on, I was like, all right. We're just going to sing along with Mustang Sally because. Yeah. Uh, wow, what is his name? I don't want to say his name wrong. Noah, uh, Guthrie. Noah Guthrie. Yeah. Where it's interesting because like he seems like a person that would have been on the Glee project. Mm-hmm. But like there was no Glee project for this season. Yeah. This, this I, I like, I really do like this season, except for Rachel. Cause like, mm-hmm. I mean, but like, I don't think I ever really liked Rachel as a character. That's personally. Fair, that's fair. Cause like from the beginning, you know, even watch it, have you gone back and like watched their audition tapes? Yeah. That is wild. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Leah Michelle's audition tape is so wild. Um, and the fact that like this season in particular is centered around her and her comeback. And you're just like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. Like, At that point it gets like tired. It's the same thing over and over. And there was really no reason that she should have been in that position anyway, but they ruined it in season five. So yeah. All right. So it took me a minute to remember like what song the twins used to audition. Cause I forgot that they were part of that whole home Mm -hmm. montage if you will what song though do you think they would have auditioned with back in 2015 um listen here's the thing as a fan fiction writer who includes songs in their stories um I'm not good at putting songs that were um time accurate okay okay Uh, so yeah so what song in your opinion with 2022, with all the music up to this moment. Oh, I really don't know. Because why do I forget every song that ever existed as uh, soon as someone asked me that question? That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't... Uh, there, it's just so... It's so upsetting that, like, they don't get their own song. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, we hear... Um, we, we, we talked about Mustang Sally from Roderick. Jane has tightrope mm-hmm. so and then the twins are the new like the last two of the new crop that we meet in this in like the ooh, second episode of the mm-hmm. season it's upsetting though that like we don't get like mm-hmm. who they are in song form because like you know roderick we get that mustang sally he has like that whole rockabilly bluesy vibe uh Jane sings Tightrope, which is like poppy, I want to say. Little R&B. But like the twins, I don't know who they are vocally. If I had to pick, it's got, I figure 
it would probably be something like folksy, uh, similar to home. I don't know. I, I keep on picturing like Mason and Madison as like me and my brother and what we would pick. Okay. What would you get? What would you pick? And I honestly couldn't tell you because my brother, I don't even know what his music taste is. It's all over the place. <laughs> he, he always chooses like you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a character. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I feel like it would be something like slow tempo, just something that shows off their vocals. I don't think it would be like a performancey kind of song. I mean, it could have been a great moment for them to throw in yet another original song. Because, mm-hmm. like, since ooh, what season two, they've been doing that. And mm-hmm. uh, which brings up later in this, se- in this season, like right before sectionals, that was the, that, they only do one this season and it's, mm-hmm. it's weird. Uh, they sing the song Rise. Do you remember the song? Um, yeah, because Darren wrote it. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am a sucker for finding out anything and everything about the cast. So so at the, at the end, though, Rachel sings the song this time. Is that, and it according to the Wikipedia page where it lists all the songs, it just mm-hmm. says Darren Chris as the performer. Did he also write that one? Yeah, he wrote that one too. Wow. <laughs> it's, in- it's interesting that like you know darren chris has some songs uh chris colfer i think wrote like an episode or two in season yeah. five so i like that the cast was exploring other venues at this point yeah what how did you feel about the finale since we're kind of on there uh well i have mixed reviews with the finale i feel like some of it i love some of it not so much but I think a lot of it has to do with the time constraint on it. You know, we didn't really get to flesh it out as much as we could have. I I don't know how I feel about the flash forward. Like maybe if the flash forward was like the whole episode, I might have liked it more than like half and half. You know, what's really upsetting. Sorry, while, while you were talking about the constraint of the episodes, there's 13 episodes this season, right? Mm-hmm. In season one, and I've said this in the past episode, uh, the first 13 episodes are like so strong because mm-hmm. you get you get everything. Yes, there's a little like cringe moments because that's mm-hmm. glee, but it's so strong and concise and you understand who these people are. And then now with season six, we get 13 episodes and I'm very confused and they're trying mm-hmm. to it feels like the complete opposite where it's like we're trying to wrap everything up. <laughs> yeah. It definitely feels like it. the writing wasn't as strong. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact they had multiple writers for season six, whereas they only had like Brad and Ian and Ryan for mm-hmm. season one. The, for the That first half, because in the second part of season one, they had uh, different writers or they were adding mm-hmm. more writers, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, back to the finale. <laughs> What okay, so then what is your thoughts on the song I Lived as the last song of the series? You know, I actually love I Lived. Um, I don't like that it was not as like the vocals weren't as spread out as they could be. Like, I don't think Tina had one part in the whole song. Poor Tina. 
she's always forgotten and I love her with my whole heart. So lines weren't distributed the way I may have wanted them to. I, I, I don't know why Darren got so many lines when he wasn't uh, part of the original Glee Club. Um, but wow. Oh, shots I, fired. I do. Listen, me and Darren have a tumultuous relationship. So. Oh, he's, he's your boyfriend. <laughs> you guys are dating <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> no Mia wouldn't be very happy about that um so <laughs> yeah I like I lived as an ending I am very happy they didn't pick don't stop believing for the 50th time come on it's the song of the show and every time I hear it so I want to punch somebody like I don't <laughs> <laughs> it's only for me that's only the season four rendition of it where it's just Leah Michelle. Oh yeah, I'm not very fond of one. I don't know how she got through a funny girl audition with that, but you know. Because <laughs> the writers made it, so that's why. Because <laughs> the writers. That that's where the fantasy of the show kicks in. Um yeah. but then you know, the, the episode before this one was uh 2009. How did you feel about that one? I actually love 2009. I do like seeing more of like Mercedes and like all the background characters of season one because we didn't really get much of them. (laughs) It was pretty much the Rachel Finn Will show uh, for 90% of season one. (laughs) Remember when Quinn was living with Mercedes for that one episode? (laughs) And that was a moment. (laughs) <laughs> that was a moment yes it was a moment yeah I, I just remember really liking 2009 because uh because of that reason that same reason where you know we we kind of get to we we definitely get to know Kurt over the series Mercedes gets a little bit of a storyline not as much mm-hmm. as I want yeah and then Portina <laughs> always forgotten yeah, it cleared up a few things because, like, I don't know. I, I didn't have it in my head that, like, Tina and Artie were friends before Glee Club. I've always had this head canon that they, like, met at auditions and then just came, became friends. I don't know. Or that uh, she auditioned for as a joke. Like, that, that was, wasn't that the yeah. idea? Like, the two of them were auditioning as a joke. Yeah. And Rachel... <sighs> No. It, it goes against what happens in season two Rachel like reaches out to Mercedes to join the glee club mm-hmm. which then in season two she sends sunshine to the crack house <laughs> yeah um <laughs> I guess that was the writers being like we're sorry we we made her a monster we're gonna try and make her nice she's still a monster yeah I mean I don't feel that 2009 like gave Rachel any redemption uh, I still feel like <laughs> It was very much channeling season one, Rachel. Uh, season one, Rachel. God damn it. She she was also a moment. <laughs> Just a moment? No, she was a, th- a, a full-blown three-act play. <laughs> a circus. And the, the thing, though, with this season, like... Not only are these new characters shoe shoehorned in, but it feels like even the old ones are shoehorned in. Like mm-hmm. Will of all people. It's weird. His story this season is so again against the grain, where it's like, why are you working for vocal adrenaline if you were like mm-hmm. 
all about new directions and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about Will as a teacher? In general. No bueno. I cannot. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> he doesn't have any experience with teaching music. He can't read sheet music. Um, <laughs> he can't play the piano. Brad is leading this club. I am fully with that point. Oh, Brad. What a man. <laughs> Hit it! And he just knows. <laughs> yeah. So this is a good segue. I actually sat down with one of my former high school teachers to talk about Mr. Schuster and Glee Club and everything. And this is what she had to say about season six. Let's play it. So it's that time again, everyone. Christy Adams comes back. One of my former music teachers from high school. Yay. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Okay, season six. We thought seasons four and five were a wild ride. This one. (laughs) My God. Okay, right off the bat, there is no Glee Club in McKinley High School. Right. But Leah Michelle wants to start it up again. (laughs) Then they they just let her. They let her. And then, like, they do, they kind of course correct with Kurt, you know, being like, I'm a student, I need to student teach or whatever. So we got that aspect. Yeah. (laughs) But then, what? (laughs) That's the only way to describe the entire season is question mark what. (laughs) I don't understand. Because that's not a thing. Like, like, if I were to go back to my alma mater and be like, I want to start a club. They can't, they won't say yeah. They, no. they won't say yes to that, right? No, yeah, no. So. Even if you offered them money, which she ends up doing at some point later in the season. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we find out Will is now the coach of Vocal Adrenaline. Uh-huh. Which, okay. We've seen five seasons of him be a questionable <laughs> yes. teacher. Or, or even like, uh, even as a Glee Club uh, coach or whatever the term it the term is. Uh, <laughs> do you think he should have gotten that job? He he wouldn't have gotten that job. First of all, knowing the the level and caliber of people that were his predecessors, he would not have gotten that job. And then the first kid who complained about him, he would have lost that job. And those kids hated him. Right. So he should have been fired from that. For- Granted, they're also used to their their family, if if you will, is used to a certain caliber of uh, a, a coach or teacher. And yes. he's not that. The equivalent I can make is I wouldn't be able to teach vocal adrenaline because it's very much like running an athletic sports team. It's more about the competition and and the physicality and forget the family aspect or the personal aspect. I would not be able to thrive in that kind of an environment, which is why he goes through that same thing. Cause he, in that respect, he teaches as I do, you know, he's, he's a, he focuses on the family. He focuses on their individual stories and he worries about them as people, which is, you know, what a music teacher should be doing. And, 
because that's his personality. You can't jive with a completely different set of kids that that's not what their focus is. So I know I ask you if he's a good teacher, but like we're, I mean, were Rachel and Kurt decent teachers? No, No. I say no. Yeah, no, they were, they were teenagers. I mean, they're still what, 19, 20 when they're doing this. Right. They have no real experience, you know, and they, they don't really go to Schuster for advice right away either. So they're trying to do this flying blind, just thinking they know what they're doing. And then they also ignore the new cast. Yeah. Just constantly the old cut. I I remember when I was watching it, every time an old cast member was coming in, I'd be like, really again? Like, can we focus on the new people? And you know, funny thing, one of the cast members is a former student of mine. Yes. I I went to high school with him. (laughs) Yeah. He had, he had, uh, he had um, leads in our shows and stuff too. So I, I remember I saw him. So let's say who he is. He's the male of the, the cheerleaders, the twin cheerleaders. He's Billy the Lewis twins. Jr. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him after he started shooting that. And I, I you know, I, I remember he's, he's as humble as humble pie. So, you know, he's his sweetheart through and through. So I remember saying, what's it like, you know, doing the show? And he was very complimentary and he was enjoying the experience. And I, I said, I hope you understand that I fast forward to see you. And then I fast forward again. He goes, so does my family. It's totally fine. <laughs> It's like all right to to not talk about teaching for a hot second he has one of the best songs that season he does oh my god him singing i want to break I free to break i'm just free. i was like billy lewis thank you and and the thing is that episode is a trash episode he is the the star in that episode in my brain because of that song because right. that entire episode is just a waste of an episode it really is I mean, the the talent level of all the new cast is great. Uh, but it's not highlighted enough. It's just it's, right, we're rushed still focus- under the rug. We're still focusing on Rachel's story, which we're all over at this point. Exactly. Uh, so exactly. Uh, how did you feel about the choreography this season? I thought it was good. Which is we don't, say- we don't really see them. No, we do see them in a uh, competition setting. Yeah, the last episode we don't. They just, which I feel like we were gypped on that. But yeah, I think the choreography goes back to what it's supposed to be. And a lot of that has to do with the the merging of the two groups. You have the Warblers now are a part mm-hmm. of New Directions. And it's a lot of walking through and walking around. And if and there's it, a lift, there's plenty of other people to carry it. Because there's only three girls. And three girls get lifted and then all the other guys carry it. So And again, Blaine is a teacher at... <laughs> at that academy and he's younger than them so that also doesn't make any sense no no there well warblers don't make sense to me at all because there is no teacher present at the beginning of their storyline which does not exist right right so then why is he suddenly a teacher now for the Mm -hmm. warblers when there wasn't one before right or unless like there wasn't even a ba- an extra in the background and as like a, a teacher look a, or somebody looking like a teacher, like it's all the warblers and their whole thing is like, we're student run, which does, that doesn't exist in a high school setting, right? It, it, it does, but it's not usually sanctioned by the school because there's nobody to supervise it. Um, I've seen high school acapella competitions where there's kids from such and such high school that are a student-led group and they don't have an advisor. That happens. Oh, um, okay. 
That's cool. It, it, is, it is a thing that happens, but they don't suddenly get a teacher like that. And if they did, it would be a music educator who's got experience that can help guide them. It's not going to be some 19-year-old who dropped out of college and is getting a teaching job that never existed until all of a sudden we have to write a part for him. So let's write it. And <laughs> now he's a teacher. Oh, my God. So do you, how do you feel about Mr. Schuster this season? Like, is he a good teacher? Did, did he reclaim, like, keep the trajectory of season five? I, I think he did. And, and I say that because I appreciate the struggles he goes through trying to deal with vocal adrenaline and his personality of what we're a family. We're supposed to care about each other. And that, that conflict of these kids just want to win and that's all they give a crap about. You know, there's he's just not... Right. He's not that teacher. And so when he gets that experience back, he's just so happy to have it back that that's why he's got that. Okay. Family, family, family. Cause now I can do this again, you know? But then as we talked about, he's like, you're, this is all the teaching stuff that you haven't been doing. And you're like, but are you a teacher, Mr. Schuster? <laughs> right. That And that's exactly the point because then, you know, he's sitting down Rachel and getting Rachel advice when he's still at vocal adrenaline. And I, I'm thinking, there's something not right about this right now. You know, Every, I mean, everything about this is not right. You just, you're sitting her down and, and giving her the pep talk. Like you're going to be an amazing teacher, even though you failed as a Broadway performer and you have no education, but Hey, come on in and teach. Oh, no. She didn't fail as a Broadway performer. She left Broadway to go do That's that right. TV show that never got picked up. And also that racist. We could do a whole podcast on just the Rachel storyline, and I could talk to you for hours about that. So we have <laughs> this. This is a segment in a Bill Arger episode, which, <laughs> <laughs> which mm, I'm gonna. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about her, but we're only talking about teaching here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll stick to that. <laughs> uh, how did you feel about the last episode? Speaking of the last episode, in a way, how did you feel about McKinley High School becoming an art all art school? It's something that every music teacher dreams of. I feel like that last episode was a nod to music educators and oh, acknowledge, yeah. an acknowledgement of our struggle and what we would always hope for. And it's funny because like I, like I just admitted to you up until that point, my first time through the show many years ago, I was fast forwarding just to see Billy Lewis Jr. <laughs> I've since watched season six, two or three times since then in its entirety. I, I, I will admit I finally watched it. Um, it's insane. It's six. just, it's ridiculous. Um, this is the only way to describe it. But yeah, I really feel like that, that wrap up. I cry every time as much mm-hmm. as the show goes off the rails. It's a very beautiful wrap up. And it, and it, like I said, I really feel like it's the writer's way of saying music teachers, we see you and we hear you. I'm getting choked saying that because it, it, it felt like we were being acknowledged for once because we're never acknowledged, you know? Yeah. It was, it was nice. Even as teachers, you guys are not acknowledged. And that's fortunate because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Children in the arts are, are probably a little more emotional than those that are not part of the arts. So you not only have to deal with, you know, being a teacher, but then you also have to deal with kids being very like emotional about things or a little over dramatic about things that you're like okay now this is a life lesson time right right I'm, and I'm sure I was dramatic in my high school days so I can't think of any specifics but you're like you're sitting there like you were very 
<laughs> I think every, I think choir kids especially are very dramatic people. Mm-hmm. Their emotions, because we're always using our words to make music, their emotions I, are always on the edge of their sleeve. And so the littlest thing can set them off. <laughs> so when you're a chorus teacher or you're teaching glee, you're constantly prepared for your kids to go off the rails. You're constantly prepared for the 45 minute music lesson that you planned. It's only going to be 20 minutes because now you're spending 25 minutes giving a life lesson. And that happens. I started warm ups and now I didn't even get to finish them or start a song because we're talking about something else related to life. Because that's what is, ha- it happens all the time. I mean, outside of pandemic life, prior yeah. in, the, in, the, in the before times, emotions were still running high. Plus, you know, you're dealing with teenagers who are still figuring out, like, they're balancing their uh, internal emotions. Right. I don't know. I, the student-teacher relationships this season were just a little, it, were non-existent as they were. They were lacking. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, as you mentioned, they didn't have songs. They're just not focused on. We have that one episode where we see a little bit of backstory with the new guys and they meet in a locker room and, you know, one's trying to get with a girl and the other's trying to get the other guy buff. And I mean, but that's, that's so- that scene is wild because it's extreme fast talking and yeah, and it's all exposition dump. And you're like yeah. that. No, that whole episode, I feel like was like that. And I, it just seems like, they got people in because they had to, and they were never given a fair shake mm-hmm. at all. Performance wise and character development wise, you don't really get to know those characters enough and, and attach yourself. Like at least when Marley and young puck and Ryder and all those guys come in in season four, you still build an attachment to them. We don't get that opportunity in season six. There's, there's no time and no energy focused on the new characters it's almost like they're throwaways because they're like, well, we just got to fill these spots so we can get to the end of this. They may as well be the nameless cheerleaders that they bring in when they need to up the numbers of the Glee Club. Honestly, it's true. It's really true. And it's sad. Yeah. It's a lost opportunity. You know, it really is. Uh, would you work at the McKinley High School School for the Arts? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and speaking of teaching, how does Sam get the job at the end? No college education, no teaching certification. There's no way he's going to be able to sustain five show choirs a day, which are now classes. And he also starts the season off as like the assistant coach for the right. football team. Which you could you could be hired as a coach for the football team because it's extracurricular and not have a certification. That happens a lot, but you're not going to be hired as a music teacher teaching four to five choirs a day without your certification and without the experience. Granted, granted, in the last episode, there is the stereotypical Ryan Murphy time jump at the season, at the end of the season that he's known for in American Horror Story, which is a different podcast. But Sam could have, in theory, Sam could have gotten his education degree within that time right. jump. And, and they, they don't really give us that. So there's no real way to know, other than Will says... That's a former student. That's like a kid of mine. I'm going to hire him and give him the job, which is where more of my brain goes seeing how the whole Finn storyline happened and the Rachel storyline happened. To me, it makes more sense that, well, Sam is like my kid, so he's going to follow in my footsteps. Oh, of course. That's that's logist- That's probably what really happened. But I'm saying to play devil's advocate in, and in theory, 
he yeah. could have. Yeah. But I I feel like though, if Mr. Schuster were gonna do that, he would learn from his own mistakes and be like, you should go to get a higher education in this and then come back. You would hope, but how many seasons do we just talk about where he just doesn't <laughs> give the advice he should or do the right thing? So uh. and now he's a principal. So now that he's he's in charge and making these decisions, which is even scarier, because <laughs> he was making scary decisions as a teacher, and now he's in charge of other. That's a that's a lot of responsibility lot. for yes. somebody that's making some poor decisions. But I I agree with what you said a few um, episodes or a few seasons ago when we we're talking about season three. That that should have been. That's a bit, man. Yes. End yeah. it with Rachel getting on the train with the suitcase. Won. They won. He got teacher of the year somehow. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's how you end it. And instead of jumping the shark, which is literally what they did, I mean, uh-huh. we didn't even just go one more season. We went three more three seasons. Three more seasons. Right. How does one get teacher of the year? I never really thought of that. That's a, that's a good question because it depends on who's deciding because you might be the hardest working teacher in the world and you don't get teacher of the year. And it could be you barely do anything, but if people recognize you as somebody that stands out, you get teacher of the year. So it's real hard to say. Is it also is it also different by school? I think it's different like by school. It's different by district. different. Mm. For everybody, you know, there are people I know who are music educators that should have been given teacher of the year 10 years ago, and we'll probably never see that. And there are other teachers who do nothing, teach other subjects, and who've been acknowledged multiple times for things that they've done in their classroom. Uh-oh. <laughs> just saying. Uh-oh. <laughs> I won't mention names, but I'm just saying, you know, it's it seems the scales tip in the way of favoritism a lot. And it doesn't matter how much you do, because there are a lot of teachers that, you know, aren't just music teachers that do a lot for schools that don't get acknowledgement. And it's hard. Right. It makes I mean, it hard. I agree with you. The great thing, the one good outcome of this show is that it highlights music educators. Yes. Um, unfortunately, not in the best light, but you get, we get a little more in depth of like, you know, the struggle. The struggles of being in the arts and dealing with high school in middle America where, you know, it's not New York, it's not California, it's not like a hot, it's not like Nashville either, where they're hot spots for music and the arts. It, they did a decent job with that, but like, I feel like they could have done better with Mr. Schuster. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, considering as you, you're to piggyback off what you're saying, you know, there's some really hard topics the show covers, and I think they cover well. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole bullying thing that happens to Kurt, I think that was handled really well. There's just so many things along those lines. The eating disorder thing, you know, those all, they tackle a lot of hard issues, and they do a real good job with it. So it, it's really interesting that they couldn't incorporate that into the teacher aspect as mm-hmm. well. You're going to you're gonna tackle these tough issues you have to have the teachers play more of a part and they didn't. And that's kind of a lost opportunity once again. Like, I know we didn't talk about Jane Lynch as Sue Sylvester. Uh, Cause she, 
I mean, in this season, she does. <laughs> she does. She is a, <laughs> a, a hot mess. She, she takes over <laughs> vocal adrenaline and everything, but like it's a master plan or what have you. But I feel like in the serious moments that she has, she's a great teacher. Yes. I'll bring up again the book Kurt bullying. There is that one episode where um, Karofsky, like we find out is gay before yeah. he, and he threatens Kurt and she, ha- I feel, I feel like she handles it properly. And then she even like course corrects herself. Cause you know, like the big thing about her is like, she's evil to everyone. She calls Kurt por- porcelain all the time, but she's like, oh, I'm bullying. So. Yeah. She's rough on the exterior, but underneath she's good at what she does. And and one of the things to go back to the end of season six, that's nice about her, her wrap up is she acknowledges that with Kurt when she has the whole monologue where she says, you taught me so many things, especially things I didn't know I would be upset about. Like, that's a really sweet moment where, mm-hmm. you know, you see that she's, she's learned as a person and it's affected how she's taught, how she ran a school I, you could look back at those key points where, I mean, forget the whole like Kurt Locker thing. That was a weird side story that that <laughs> went on. <laughs> yes. That was very strange. But if you if you think about that monologue, you you track back along the show. She really did do what's best for the kids. Maybe not trying to shoot Brittany out of a cannon, but she did <laughs> try to do what's best by those kids. And and you know yelling at Quinn all the time because she knew Quinn could be better you know she she has the best moments I feel like okay out of the two Mr. Schuster or Sue Sylvester I feel like Sue is a better teacher even though a lot of her lines are only there for the comedy of the audience like you wouldn't you wouldn't shout things that she shouts to her kids yeah or throw kids around the hallway like let's be fair You'd right, be fired yeah. if you threw kids around a school hallway that you would not have a job still. But yeah, but like overall, although Mr. Schuster is there for the family and like for the, he is the core, the core teacher of the Glee Club. I feel like Sue is a better representation of like what a, minus the comp, the put what we said, just shoving and yelling. She's a better representation of like what a teacher should be. Right. I think, I think the ideal music teacher is a combination of both their characters. A DM you know, <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you're, you're taking, you're taking Sue's passion and drive for the subject and you're taking Will's passion and drive for people and you're putting that into one person. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like who I've tried to be as an educator. You know, it's, I think that's really important is yes, that family aspect is there, but you still have a job to do. And that can't be ignored. You know, it's it's finding the balance of taking the job and putting that with the family aspect. Well, uh, if I could retroactively send you a Teacher of the Year award, I will. <laughs> Wait, can I give you a quote that's my favorite quote from the whole show? Yes. To yes, wrap yes, this yes. up. It's actually from season one. And it's um, the mattress episode where, you know, they he gets... Right. A, you know, he, he rips the mattress and they all get in trouble and now he can't go to, to the competition. 
and they're all like, oh, we feel so bad. We're ter terrible children. And he, his, this is his quote exactly. This is like one of the few Will Schuster things I 100% agree with. He says, the best teachers don't give you the answers. They just point the way and let you make your own choices, your own mistakes. That way you get all the glory and you deserve it. If you can't win without me there, then I haven't done my job. And oh I have... I have said those exact words over the course of the last 22 years. If, if I, if you feel like I have to be there for you, then I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, if I'm in my office on a phone call with a parent and you start rehearsal on your own and I think here things are happening, I've done my job, right. you know? It's just at that quote that he says in that episode was just so relatable to me because that's like, that's the whole underlying premise of how I teach, you know, like I give you the tools and I'm going to step back and I'm going to enjoy watching you grow. Uh, you know? Well, thank you again. And there is no seventh season. So yay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So what'd you think? First of all, I love her. <laughs> um, she reminds me of one of my teachers. So were your music you you I'm assuming you took music classes in middle school, high school, and all that. Were your teachers like a combination of Will and and Sue? Uh, here's the thing. My school was so small. We didn't have music classes. Um, we had like a tiny little chorus class. It was like 30 minutes between morning classes and afternoon classes. And I was the only one that actually wanted to be in there. It was just kind of like people got thrown into it. Um, so I was technically, um, the Rachel of our chorus class. Um, but not as problematic. Not as problematic. Um, I did semi get into a fight with a girl over a solo once. Is she still alive? That's my question. Like she, after that fight. She is still alive. I didn't throw punches, just words. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So that's actually a great point that you brought up accidentally that your chorus was 30 minutes before, like between uh, classes or something. Cause I'm so confused as to what, the glee club is and in six yeah. seasons they never really answer it and i think you accidentally just did <laughs> like i can't tell if it's like that tiny little speck of time i mean mckinley seems like a small school like myself um so i imagine that's what they would have to do i don't know because <laughs> it you know you you say glee club it has club in it so it sounds after school but then you watch the show and there are people walking around there's bells and i'm just like what is go what what is glee yeah it just seems like it's a different time every episode <laughs> since you're like the music one out of the two i kind of want to focus on the song choices of this season overall how do you feel about the songs overall there's only like a few that i just genuinely hate um mostly yeah that's my number one <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's literally number one on my list yep yep but overall i think the songs are actually really good i think there's a lot of good choices a lot yeah. of, and a lot more variety on like who's singing and even though it's still rather rachel centered we have more people more solos right more and around. 
and it's it's interesting that vocal adrenaline is doing like 80s power ballad uh, not, uh power rock songs mm-hmm. i'm here for it um i i don't yeah. hate it and um, they did rock every single one of them they yes even though yeah. it's some sort of weird play on that suit like convoluted plan that sue came up with to make them lose and it's like (laughs) but it's great and their shows vocal adrenaline has show stopping numbers like i'm looking at their sectionals lineup which is mickey and uh we built the city like those are those were amazing performances I'm going to say something bold that those are better than the originals in my, like, I I know that there are a few in the six seasons, there are a few songs. I could say that we built the city. I think they, they elevated it somehow. Yeah. Besides, (laughs) besides let it go. What are the other ones that you're like, we could have done without this or change it up a little bit. Don't worry guys. I made a list. Uh, Yes. A whole list. And it's handwritten. Oh, yeah dedication Um, yeah and this is called bottom of the barrel season six songs (laughs) Um, wait did you write that just for this or is that um, also for your podcast uh no this is just for this um because on the podcast we're only on season one so (laughs) you'll get there eventually we go so slow let's hear the bottom of the barrel okay obviously let it go why did we include it didn't make any sense because it was a hot song at the moment that's why and the adina of it is pretty much it you know shelby corcoran (laughs) take on me hate it when did they sing that um that was the homecoming episode Uh, where they did like the storyboarding i mean the vocals are fine i think i just don't like them on that song i just like prefer the original i guess i don't know and i and the neon i don't like neon (laughs) I feel like if they did that in an earlier season, it would have been mm-hmm. better than mm-hmm. this one. But anyway, next. Mm-hmm. Problem. Here's the thing. Naya's vocals, beautiful on it. Heather and Diana do not fit it. I don't know why they tried to make it an Unholy Trinity song. Didn't work. Oh, Obviously, I... I'm very opinionated. <laughs> if you said something bad about my Naya Rivera, I would have canceled this and close close the oh Zoom yeah meeting. exactly no Naya is perfect on it um maybe a little problematic that they chose the song when it's ariana and the whole big sean thing um but okay okay um a thousand miles a i hate this song in general okay that's fair um yeah it just gets annoying very fast um be not a huge fan of sam shell um so there's that <laughs> Okay, we only got like two more. Okay, okay. Uh, same love, obvious reasons. Um, Will Schuster. I I blacked a lot of that episode out. I'm not gonna lie. And to you. you should, um, because why did they bring back Will rapping? Could have left that in season one. Um, and the fact that Unique had to sing that with him. <laughs> hey, that- hey, hey! I'll take any Alex Newell singing. <laughs> yeah, Alex. I love you so much. I'm so sorry they made you do that, though. They were going for a paycheck, though. And then, I mean, I don't hate, hate this one. But that's why, it's, just, like, that's why yeah. it's lower on the list. Yeah, this is the last one on the list. Our day will come from a wedding. 
that's like you know Britannia and Clayne's song at the reception hmm. it's just like boring <laughs> I feel there were like better oh I'm so in love uh, songs to sing at your wedding reception I so. I have to say though it's better than when they uh, in earlier seasons when they sang "Marry You" by Bruno Mars. Oh my god, I hate that. <laughs> but I don't know. How did you feel about the Alanis Morissette Carol King episode? Oh my god, I love it. So when I was talking with Lauren, she mm-hmm. admitted to not knowing who those people were when she first saw the episode. Did you know mm-hmm. who Carol King and Alanis Morissette was when you? Yes. Okay, great. I. I kind of grew up listening to them. So Awesome. But it, it was interesting, though, because like I, they've done in the past and still this season, um, like focus on an artist and to mash up those two was brilliant in a way. Yeah, it's like it doesn't seem like it would fit, but it worked perfectly. Like, <laughs> Well, and I'm looking at the list now. It looks like. Well, they sing more Carol King songs mm-hmm. in general, but the with "Hand in My Pocket," "I Feel the Earth Move," as well as "Will You Love Me Tomorrow," "Head Over uh, Head Over Feet," and then "You Learn You've Got a Friend." Like, I love their they, they do a great job with mashups. I will say mm-hmm. that, um, and like that's across the board. And this episode, it was just I wish we got more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wish we had. Because, like, we get Mason and Jane singing uh, Will You Love Me Tomorrow, Head Over Feet. And I was like, okay, so then where's the rest of the new cast singing songs? Yeah, like, it's all just, like, originals singing when it's their project, their lesson. Um, And we only got one of those. But not only did we have that episode focusing on Carol and Alanis, but then we had the Burt Bacharach episode, which... Mm -hmm. I don't really like all the songs, personally. Yeah. There's, like, a few. I'm like, oh, I like these. Um, But most of them, not a fave. And again, I blacked out why they sing a lot of these. I believe Promises, Promises was Rachel auditioning for something. Yeah. But I don't remember why they sing Elfie. But I don't care because it's Santana and I love her. With Glee, they kind of like that soft, jazzy rock, not rock, pop feel. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you, do you have to do a whole episode on Brett Bacharach? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Man's great. I love his music. But like a whole episode of it. Mm-hmm. It's makes... definitely not my favorite episode. <laughs> That's the whole point of that episode is that Rachel is going to audition for is getting back into the game of auditioning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, they sing Wishing and Hoping? Oh, I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Can we spend seven hours just talking about uh, Mercedes singing Someday We'll Be Together? Oh, I love it. It's... <laughs> it, it, it touches your soul? I don't know how, but there, but she... It, Amber Riley has this gift where whatever song she's singing, she's like massaging your heart. Now, and I don't have a heart. It's just coal on the inside. So she's like mm-hmm. massaging that to 
bring it to life or something. And it's like, that is the time in that last episode that I start bawling, like not just crying. I am, I am ugly crying. I want my binky. You know, I revert back to being a baby. Those kind of tears. Mm -hmm. I'm very much Tina Cohen Chang tears. Um, (laughs) I love breaking in the tears. I'm also very happy though that this season we get we finally get to see what Artie's saying as his audition. Mm-hmm. And it would be pony. <laughs> it would. <laughs> I'm I'm not surprised at any of that. It's one of my guilty pleasures because anything Kevin sings, I can't help but love. I feel like Glee th- this season did a did its job, but not fully. Because like if they had a if they had again more time, we would have gotten more out of it, and like that last episode would have meant more with all yeah. the time jumps and everything. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about any season of Glee Wise at this point before we get into Shrimp and Flat? No, I think I'm okay. I think we've touched pretty much everything I've written down. <laughs> Awesome. Let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Cool beans. Sharp. Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about them. And if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, I thought it could change. It's flat. Now, I didn't share this with Lauren. So, hey, Lauren, these are my sharps and flats. (laughs) But Emily, why don't you go first with your sharps? Okay, um, Sharps, things I really, really liked. Dave's character development. Garofsky? Yeah. Although Lauren did bring up a good point, and Mm -hmm. I didn't even think of this. So this season starts off with Dave dating Blaine, where Lauren was like, Blaine knows the backstory of how, like, Garofsky damaged Kurt, Mm -hmm. both physically, emotionally, and all that. So why are they, why are they dating? And I was, and you know, I didn't think of that until she said that. And I was like, you're right. Why are they dating? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it mainly had to do with Blaine wanting to get back at Kurt at first. And then, you know, eventually he kind of, I know. Yeah. He kind of likes Dave, but I don't think he ever was in love with him. I love Dave. Well, Dave's at this point. I love Dave. Yeah, I am very much um, a Dave apologist, but he he was just like amicable after the split and he just let him go willingly because he knew that Blaine was in love with him. And that's so different from the Dave we used to know. What other sharps do you have? I know I said I wasn't a huge fan of Sam Shell, but I do sort of like them. Um, Not them together specifically but what it meant for them to be together because obviously this is after Finn passes um Rachel hasn't really gone into the dating world and Sam's really taken up this role of needing to be like Finn and I think that's part of his grieving process so them ending up together even just for a little bit I think was a way of them staying connected to Finn so I do like that even though it was very short-lived that they had their moments like process losing Finn and just being with each other in that moment. Any, anything other sharps or is that it for the moment? That is it for the moment. 
Okay. I wrote a lot. So buckle up everyone. All right, let's go. I love all, uh, I, I'm going to reiterate. I loved all the mashups from Jagged Little Tapestry. Um, Naya Rivera and Jane Lynch. I don't really sharp Jane Lynch as much as I should have over the, over the six seasons, but she's been, a, she's a rock star and amazing. And then Naya Rivera is my love. So whatever. Um, I really did like vocal adrenaline. I know they're the bad guys and everything, but like we said, they had the better, they had the great songs and great performances and they mm-hmm. yes anded everyone even though they all looked like they're in their 30s but that's that's another story i actually also liked the the uniforms that the new new directions has mm-hmm. you know the red and the white uh once they're they're with the warblers because their performance costumes aren't always the best but i feel like yeah. this this season they finally figured it out and it needed to be a uniform. And then Gloria Estefan. <laughs> Lest we forget Gloria Estefan was on the show. Uh, and in terms of performances, I want to sharp tightrope, bitch. I'm so excited. I want to break free the final countdown. Every song and we built this glee club and the winner takes it all. I die laughing every time Jane uh, Sue Sylvester leans into Will during that song and just whispers, "Butt chin, dead, 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 <gasps> dead." I fucking love it. Um, and then the episodes. Uh, <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> okay. The Hurt Locker in two thousand nine. I love both episodes of The Hurt Locker. Yeah. It's so stupid, but I love it. Like it's so good. It's so good. Like that's an elevated form of the cringe humor that Glee mm-hmm. has been doing for six years yeah. where we get a Sue jigsaw style doll. We get her little um, plan to make Clayne a thing again. Plus we get amazing performances and like her reacting to all those songs is amazing. <laughs> Sue during the warblers right round. No, 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 no. During the new directions when there's when uh uh Kitty comes back and is like, these are the songs that'll get her an emotional response and you to win. I love it. I love I love oh, I, I love that. Okay, so what were your flats for the season? So Sur- I'm gonna say, surprisingly, I didn't have a lot of them. Um, I have two because technically I already talked about same love. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. So, Clayne getting married with Britanna. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being that them moving too fast is what broke up their engagement anyway, does not make any sense to me why Kurt would be like, oh, yeah, we can get married even though we've been together for, like, two days. <laughs> well, they had all that time before, but, like, I mean, yeah, they need to... Mm-hmm. They, they need more than two days to get used to each other again. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of that. And yeah, anyway. And what was your other one? Or Okay. Um, this is like the most minuscule thing in the world, but I picked up on it because in my book, I'm writing season six right now. Wait, yeah. it's a book? It's a book. Um, You're writing a Dave- not oh, the Dave Karofsky thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is a singular book. I'm currently writing season six. Um, 
and fixing it? <laughs> um, generally, yes. Basically, I have a main character that I've inserted into the Glee universe, and she's better than um, 90% of the characters. <laughs> Except for this new crap, because we still don't know who these people are. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, very minuscule. Um, that, okay, so all the season four kids have been transferred aside from Kitty. And yeah. yeah, and then in the Hurt Locker, Kitty mentions that they just abandoned her. And like, we don't really get any information on like what happened, if they still keep in touch. Um, we didn't really get like a, a reconciled moment between Unique and Kitty in transitioning, which I think would have been nice. So my flats, the justification for the Warblers not letting Jane in was so stupid. Yeah. She's, she's not a boy. Okay. And? Like... What about it? The school is one thing. School is one thing. This crop of kids, they're supposed to be the future. You know, they're supposed to be the ones that are now toppling the patriarchy and the system and all that. And, like, the fact that they are all like, she's a she, not a he. And it's like, are you guys dumb? She's talented. Fuck off. <laughs> you joined her in her audition song. <laughs> <laughs> um and then this, this you thought yours was stupid this is really stupid the song broken wings isn't available for download and i'm very upset about that because i kind of did enjoy that performance it's weird whenever they're at a, a competition the third group because it's usually new directions their nemesis and then there's always that third group that's performing that third group song is never available and i'm very late and it's like why you recorded it (laughs) make it available uh and then i flatted the following performances now oh you may we may have to have i'm gonna have to explain one of them uh let it go don't need to explain that daydream believer i just didn't like it it just yeah. felt weird. Mm-hmm. And then the trolley song. I love me Carol Burnett. I love her. Ugh. I love her. I'm not saying that the song itself is awful. I'm just saying why that song? Like Ohio mm. was one thing because we're in Ohio. So that kind of made sense like, see, like in season two. But now when they sing the trolley song, it's like, why for a trolley song? Don't need it. Don't, don't want it in my life yeah okay oh good so that that's good that we didn't have an argument about that i don't know anyone that's gonna stick up for the trolley song though well because it was more so about the fact that it's carol burnett that's what i thought Um, we were gonna argue over i just they didn't utilize carol the way they should have no no uh okay are there any songs from this season that you would add to your life's playlist now when i ask this question I'm more so thinking like there's no visual. It's only, you're only listening to it on your phone or, or like on YouTube or something. Like not like paying attention. Um, half these songs are on, on my playlist already. That's fine. But let's, let's yeah. do like a top 10. How's that? Okay. Let me, or, let me go into the songs that I love. Oh, you made a whole list of the songs that you love. Okay. Yes. What did you title it? it? Top tier. Top tier. Got it. Okay. I have very strong opinions about this song. Uninvited. Oh. The Atlanta song that Rachel does. I will not argue with you on that. 
just the audio version of it mm-hmm. it's pretty yeah. good i think it's one of her best vocals and i stand by it it's my favorite rachel soul and well it's my second favorite suddenly seymour was beautiful i think darren and rachel <laughs> yes darren and yeah. rachel you're correct yes um, i mean technically yeah um darren and leah did amazing at it um it's beautiful tightrope mm. come on i mean no words if I... you don't you don't have to say anything we got it <laughs> exactly mustang sally <laughs> again i get it no words don't have to say a word um it's too late probably in my top three plain duets that's like a good point where um because kurt's voice changed throughout the whole season mm-hmm. series and like that's a good one where it's his lower register but it's not too low for him and he's not singing the countertenor parts so yes i agree with you on that yeah i just love anything with chris in it um <laughs> all right uh will you still love me tomorrow head over feet uh-huh. gorgeous uh alfie um naya uh so. done yes. yeah um, I know where I've been. Come on. Just the Alex Newell of it. Uh, yes. And final choice. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. When is that? Um, that's Jesse and Rachel's duet. Oh, yes. Yes. We talked, we didn't really talk, we didn't talk about Jesse. I know Lauren and I kind of talked about him, but I like Jesse this season. I do too. It's unfortunate. She- Mm-hmm. with everything that happened with Corey and everything mm-hmm. but it was necessary mm-hmm. yeah um okay so my songs are a little different I have some of the same ones uh I'm gonna start off with tightrope we know why yeah um, I also liked head in my pocket I feel the earth move because the the Britanna of it all will you still will you love me tomorrow slash head over feet the songs from the Hurt Locker and Child Star episodes, don't judge me, but judge me all you want because they're amazing. As well as we built this Glee Club, except for, nope, I'm going to agree with, listen to your heart. I'm going to agree with you on that one. All right. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you that one. Okay. Um, Baby, it's you because of the Mercedes. So cute. Okay, so I try not to pick Rachel songs because... Rachel mm-hmm. but for whatever reason I loved Promises Promises and I love listening to that yeah. song it is really good I don't think about it too often but it's pretty good you give love a bad name which is another vocal adrenaline song yeah I'm so excited uh someday we'll be together because hello Mercedes and then the winner takes it all because of butt chin yeah the winner takes it all so good. I mean, I did, I do like I Lived. I just, I mean, I'm going to add, you know what? I'm going to add that to my playlist. Mm-hmm. I Lived. Because it's, it's a, it's a good song when you listen to it on its own, like outside of the context of the show. Yeah. Okay. So we basically talked out, we, I think we're done. Are we done? We're done. I, I think so. Emily, thank you for coming on. And I'm sorry that, you know, I had to separate you two, but hey, content. Okay. 
Uh, is there anything you want to plug or promote? I don't have anything interesting happening in my life, but you can check out Gleek, please. Ooh, yes. Where can the good people find that? Fun fact, we are on all streaming platforms. Just look up Gleek, please with Emily and Lauren. We also have an Instagram called Gleek, please podcast. And you'll and find then, all our stuff there. And then can... um. So we, I don't know if it's actually going to make the cut. It probably will be, but you sprinkled in throughout the episode that you write fan fiction for the mm-hmm. the Glee universe. Yeah. I, do, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Do you want to plug that or do you want to? Um, I can. Okay. So. You don't have to. I, I'm, I'm seeing. Do you no, want? It's, it's okay. I'm very okay. proud of it. Most of it. Not like season five that I wrote. I don't like that. But you know, it's all right. So but a lot of people but a lot of people agree with like season five as a as a season. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to write. It's hard to write. Um <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So my Wattpad, you can find me at St. Barry Lane. Um, that's S T Barry like Rachel Lane L A N E. On what? One more time. Uh, Wattpad. Wattpad. Yes. Uh, you can also find me on, on Archive of Our Own, AO3. Okay. Yeah. I will. I will. I will find these stories. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean. Uh, I don't mean to put you on blast about it, but this is amazing. I love. I love it. I love that you have a that people have passion for Glee, even though it's been. Yeah. The finale happened in 2015, and that's seven years ago. So, yeah. If you want to talk to me more about Glee, I mean, I, I did, we did 12 episodes on Glee already. So please, please don't, but do. Uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. Did we miss something? I'm sure we did. Uh, Anything's I, possible. I tried, I tried to give each season two episodes so this way we can talk about it, but I, we missed all, I know we missed something that w- may have been important. I mean, I think I've glossed over Sue way too many times and I'm so sorry uh, about that, but Sue Sylvester is a, is a baller. Uh, <laughs> and Next episode, for next episode, we're going back to regularly scheduled programming, which is talking about a movie called The Last Five Years. I know, I know. I love it so much. I know, I do too. Uh, The Anna Jeremy of it all. Uh, (gasps) Emily, thank you so much. I I made an open invitation to Lauren and this is also for you. Both of you are more than welcome to come back on or you can come on separately and talk about anything not Glee related. Uh, <laughs> doesn't have to be Glee related. Uh, and yes, uh, so I'm just going to sign off and say bye for now, everyone. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. Life is but a but a but a life but a but a life is but a 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 but a